Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Amen. Well, we're talking about this already season, and we want to continue with that today. And we want to talk for a few moments about, not just about divine favor, there's some other things, but the, the main thing I want to share with you is found in 2 Kings, in chapter 4 and in chapter 8. So if you've got your Bibles, you know, kind of keep your hands there a little bit, and we'll try to uh, keep you uh, flowing with that as much as we can. We don't have time to read all those chapters. But we're going to talk about a, Shun- a Shunammite woman today. And some of you are familiar with this, the, this story, but I believe God by His Spirit wants to give us some instruction today. And in Second Kings chapter 4, we begin at about verse 8, and uh, this is the story of, of course of Elisha and the Shunammite. Verse 8 it says, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunam, where there was a notable woman, and she constrained him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by that he turned in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us that he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And she said to him, say now, uh, and, and, and he, said, he said to him, to his servant, say now to her, look, for you have been concerned for us with all this care. You have looked after us. You have gone out of the way for us. What can we do for you? What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she said, no, I'm doing good. I like where I'm living. I live among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maid servant. <laughs> Basically what she says, well, now don't be messing around with me. Don't be kidding with me, man of God. This is serious stuff for me. When you come to having a son, you know, realize that was huge. Having a male child was, was, was huge in those days. <laughs> Herminia said still is. So uh, anyway. <laughs> She said, don't, don't lie to me. Don't be kidding with me. Verse 17, and the woman conceived and bore a son uh, when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Now, let's stop there for just a moment. We'll go on with, we're going to continue this story. So this woman sees Elisha and she recognizes the presence of God on this man's life. And so, because she recognizes the presence of God on this man's life, she says, I tell you what, I want to keep him close. I want to do something so that when Elisha comes through town, as often as he comes through town, I want to be a part of whatever God is doing in this man. So she said to her husband, and by the way, ladies, this shows, this is awesome. This, this was a notable woman, coach. She was a notable woman. 
This woman suggested it to her husband. In other words, she heard from God. She had a word from God. She had a revelation from the Lord. And she said to her husband, why don't we build a room so that when he comes through town, he doesn't just eat with us. They'd already been feeding him. I tell you, you want a happy preacher, feed him. Uh, beyond that, let me tell you something. I've, I've, let me, something I've discovered. You want a happy man. I cannot get an amen from some of the men in the house. Man, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> she knew that. That was, that, was, that was some instinct that God had given her. She wanted a happy man of God. She wanted a blessed man of God. So she said, let's feed him. And every time he came to town, she would prepare a good meal for him. And then she said, let's take this thing to another level. Somebody say another level. Another level. She said, let's build a room. Let's build a room. Yeah. Let's build a room so that when he comes to town, not only will he eat with us, he'll be staying with us. She recognized the anointing on that ministry. She recognized it. Listen to this. And she wanted to partner with it. She wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to be partners with that ministry. She wanted some of what was going on in this man's life. It wasn't just something that she, you know, he could pass through and she could wave at him. She wanted to be a part of this man's life. They could not have children. So Elisha, he blesses them. And the blessing of the Lord, of course, soon gave birth unto a boy. But there are about three things that I want us to take note of today from this woman's life. First of all, honor. Somebody say honor. honor. She built a room. She recognized God's presence on the prophet, on the ministry. She connected with the anointing and the word from Elisha. And she honored him. She honored his ministry. And she did it uh, to the extent that she made a sacrifice to honor someone that would greatly affect her future, even though she did not fully understand it at the time. She took a step of obedience. Somebody say obedience. She stepped out in faith. And she honored him, even though she did not really have a full revelation of of everything it was going to do in her life. You cannot always see the end. You can't always see where that seed's going to go. You cannot always see where that step of obedience is going to take you. But I tell you, she was faithful to obey God in the moment and get connected with the presence of God on his life. Somebody say honor. And so I want to, and I want to encourage you to today, just for a moment as we begin this message, to don't miss an opportunity to do good to somebody. Look for somebody else to bless. Look for someone to honor. You were created to give. And God has put people in your life on purpose so that you can be a blessing to them. You know what? We ought to get up every morning and say, God, what you got for me today? Who would you like for me to be good to today? Who are you going to bring across my path today that I can speak a blessing into their lives? That is honoring someone. And here is something that I have discovered. Sometimes it just takes one kind word to change somebody's whole day. One step of one kind word. Listen, one text, one email, one call, one visit, 
One post can change somebody's day, somebody's mind, somebody's mood, somebody's heart, somebody's life. Somebody said, how do you know that? Because it's happened to me. And I guarantee you, every one of you in here could say it's happened to you. The world will suck the life right out of you. Culture, listen, culture has gravitated, watch this, toward the negative, toward sarcasm, toward put down, toward anger and resentment and there's anger and there's frustration and and everybody wants to make fun of everybody and everybody wants to make sure that they're going to put people in their place. Well, you know what I've discovered? God wants us to put people in their place. That is, you are in Christ. You are in the grace of Almighty God. You are blessed and you are a blessing. God loves you. God cares about you and God has good things for you. That's putting people in their place. Glory to God. We need to learn how to honor, how to speak a word of encouragement. Has anybody in here ever needed encouragement besides me? That's one or two of us. Every now and then we need a word of encouragement. We need somebody to say, you know what? That was really good. You are a blessing. I appreciate you. I appreciate y'all paying attention. I appreciate you sitting on the front row and smiling and, and looking so good and so handsome, Brother Larry. And just, ever, I mean, man, just so sophisticated. You know, man, just, man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. You are a blessing. And we need to let people know that. As we honor one another. Sometimes that can make all the difference in the world. Don't put it off. Say things like, you know what? You look great today. You're looking good, my brother. You are such, I mean, man, I appreciate it. You know, taking time to say things like, you drive all the way from Jackson, Alabama every Sunday. Past 129 churches on the way. At least. And probably more than that going back. Come all the way down here. Sometimes after he works all night long. Work the graveyard shift, go home, change clothes, come down here and be an elder in this church. Brother, I appreciate you and your family. You are a blessing. You can multiply that. You can multiply that across this congregation. People need to know that. Things like, man, you look good today. I appreciate you. Things like, I believe in you. I am praying for you in your family. Listen to this. Simple words and acts can make a big difference. But here is the thing. A lot of us don't do it a lot of the time because we don't think it's going to make a difference. But I'm here to tell you, you can be a difference maker. It doesn't have to be huge. Give whatever you've got. Well, I don't have a whole lot of money to give. Well, give words. You've got words. You've got love. This woman, she, she, might, she could have talked herself out of this. She could have said, you know what? Well, we're already feeding him a meal. That's probably good enough. But she said, she said to her husband, I believe I've got a word from God. I believe I've got a direction from God. Let's not just settle for just feeding him. Let's build him a room. And in that way, when he comes to town, he's going to be up in here. And I, you know, this is just me, but I just had this feeling that she's like, you know what? And when he comes, of course, the way, especially the way it worked under the old covenant, the presence of God was coming with him. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, I tell you what, I want some of that action. I want me some of that. 
Somebody say, I want me some of that. (laughs) That was really what she was saying. This anointing that is on this man's life. I love it when we hang out and when we eat together, but I want to take it to another step. I want to build a room so that when he's here, he's not just eating with us and hitting the road. He's sleeping in this house. Somebody say amen. Amen. Here is something that I've discovered. As you lift others, God will lift you. As you lift others, God will lift you. I believe it was Brother Bobby Atwood who sent me a, a, a text not long ago. And man, he, he, he gives me some wisdom sometimes. You guys are so good to encourage me. And I believe this is what it said. Bobby, I think I'm saying it right. It's one thing to communicate to people because you believe you have something of value to say. It's another to communicate with people because you believe they have value. Isn't that good? It isn't a matter of me just standing up here talking because I think I have all these wonderful things to say. It's a matter of me standing up here because you are important. You matter. You have value. And a lot of times, listen, we think we're anointed to straighten people out. We think we're anointed to jerk the slack out of everybody. We think we are the ones that are going to come in and boy, we are going to tell them off because we've got a word from God. When a lot of times what we need to really realize is they need the love of God. They need the goodness of God. And let me ask you a question. Has God shown you any grace in your life? Then... To those whom grace has been shown and displayed, grace and graciousness needs to be displayed. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know, she was obedient. She she obeyed the word that God came to her. And you know, as we talk about grace and we talk about works, you know, we know that James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Faith without works is dead. She obeyed the Word of God. We need to honor the Word of God in our life, to give it priority, to obey that Word. Now, let me say this when we talk about works. Works do not justify you before God. Can I hear an amen? I said, works do not justify you before God, but they do justify you before people. I got a revelation for you. People can't see your spirit. Your spirit is righteous. Your spirit is holy. It's, it's, a, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. We don't need to do all of that. You understand that? Works do not justify you before God, but they do justify you before people. And we have to understand that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Be, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one for another. That is how this thing is displayed. They don't, works don't justify us before God, but they do justify us before people. Watch this. Works are a result of a desire to please God. And works are good. Everybody say works are good. If you understand, they're not going to justify you before God, but if they're good, if they're backed by the word of God, number one, number two, they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And number three, they are done in love. And so works have a place in our lives. But here's what I discovered about this woman. This is how God showed it to me. This woman, more than being need-minded, she was seed-minded. She knew the power and the potential, Brother Bobby, of sowing a seed. She stepped out in faith. She obeyed God. 
She honored the ministry. She honored the presence of God. She honored the anointing of God on that ministry. And she stepped out in faith. And instead of being need-minded, she was seed-minded. She could have said, there, listen, there are all kinds of things she could have justified herself about. You know, that room and her husband. I've got to give her husband credit, too, in this story. He said, absolutely. He, it, there didn't seem to be any hesitation on his part. As she got a word from God, and they agreed together to step out in faith. She built this room. You know, there are a lot of things. There are some of you in here, and I want to pat you on the back. You could, you could be driving a, a bigger car, a nicer car maybe. You could, be have, a, you could have a bass boat. Or, or you could have a lot of uh, furniture in your house. Or ladies, you could have another 129 pairs of shoes. <laughs> One thing I know about ladies, they like shoes. I'll wear a pair of shoes for 29 years. <laughs> Until finally Susan will say, you have got to throw them things away. They're just tied on with a string, you know, just to, that's the only thing that's holding them on. <laughs> what was I saying? I'm commending you guys. <laughs> But you have chosen to invest in a ministry. Don't get disheartened. Know that as you sow into that ministry, as you are seed-minded, God's going to take care of you. And I'm about to get ahead of myself. But I'm telling you, God's going to bless as you become seed-minded as opposed to need-minded. Our Heavenly Father knows what we have need of. Glory be to God. And I just got to say this. This house is good ground. You know what? I should have got a bigger amen than that. Because if you're sowing into this house, you need to believe it's good ground. I said, this house is good ground. I want you to say it with me. This house is good ground. I can say it's good ground because it's going to Liberia. It's going to Africa. It's going to Central America. By the way, stop by today. Get some of those uh, brochures for those Christmas boxes. Let's reach out beyond ourselves. Let's be a church, and we have always been, but let's continue to be a church that is seed-minded. Everybody say, I am seed-minded. Man, that'll change your life. But I want to commend you for being a church that is seed-minded. Let's keep it up. But realize, watch this. It wasn't, it's not just your giving that's a seed. Your words are a seed as well. You got to sow those seeds into other people's lives. And let pe- stop putting off letting people know that they are a blessing. By the way, let me say it this way. Whatever you have need of, sow it as a seed. If you need love, if you feel like you're needing love and attention, and listen, and if you're needing affirmation... Begin to sow affirmation. If you need grace, begin to sow grace. If you need provision, begin to sow provision. Begin to sow what you have need of and then watch God work. Somebody say amen. Amen. So the first thing that I want us to know from this story is this woman and her family, her husband and her, they walked in honor. Number two, they walked in faith. Now, this story continues on in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, and you'll find out that, of course, the, they, they had the birth of a son. The boy grew up, 
And uh, it happened one day that as, as you read in the scripture, he went out with his father to the reapers. And I think he was probably around 10 years old, something like that. And as he went out to the reapers, uh, he began to say to his father, my head, my head. And his father said, go into your mama. Have you, noticed, have you ever noticed this, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Them kids get sick. What, your mama? Yeah. <laughs> Them grandbabies aren't feeling good. You know, they look like they're about to throw up. Susu, where are you? <laughs> the diaper needs changing. The boy said, go to your mama. Because ain't no mama can take care of them like nobody is. That's right. That's right. So he said, go into your mama. Well, he went into his mother, and literally, he died in her arms. Imagine the pain. He probably, had, it sounded like he maybe had suffered a, some kind of a stroke or a hemorrhage of some type, uh, tremendous pain. But he went in and he died in his mother's arms. And there's, there's a powerful, powerful, powerful lesson here about faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Because I want to tell you this, the first report is not the last report. The first report is not the last report. Some of you need to hear that in this house today. There's all kind of evil reports out there hanging over you. You've been hearing words that have been spoken unto you. You've been hearing reports that have come your way. Well, I'm telling you, God is saying the first report is not the last report. So, this woman had sown in faith, and you know what's amazing? Here's something, an aspect of this that I'd like us to all pay attention to. You remember people who show you love. Now remember, she had done this, she had sowed this seed in faith, not realizing, first of all, it was going to mean the birth of a son, which was huge. But there were other things that were going to come her way because she stepped out in faith, she obeyed God, and she sowed that seed. And here's the point. You remember people who show you love. Come on, everybody, all right, wake up. Everybody say, I remember people who show me love. You watch, you know, you notice people that treat you right, that love you, that go the extra mile for you, that care about you, and that you know genuinely love you. Well, guess what? That meant Elisha knew exactly who she was. Now, she wasn't buying favor. She was simply obeying God because she didn't realize what she was going to need. She didn't realize what. She didn't know everything that her future held. She didn't know every turn in her life where it was going to happen or where it was going to lead to. She simply obeyed in faith. And because she did, when her time of need came, Elisha, where the anointing of God dwelt, knew her, recognized her. He was connected with her. And so, she steps out in faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. And she says something, look down. And of course, what happens, make a long story short, she goes, her husband comes in, and twice she says something that is so powerful. Her husband said, how is it? She said, it is well. It is well. She was seeing through eyes of faith. She was seeing the end result. She said, it's well. But she said, I'll tell you what. In fact, she said that in verse 23. 
And uh, she told her husband, she said, I'm going to see Elisha. He said, what are you going today? It's not a feast time. It's not, you know, anything special going on. Why are you going? And uh, uh, she said, uh, it's well. And she said, saddle me a donkey. Give me a servant to go with me. And she didn't waste any time. She headed straight to Elisha. So Elisha is on Mount Carmel. By the way, you ought to go to Israel with us. You can stand on Mount Carmel. When you stand on Mount Carmel, you can see why you could see this woman coming. Because you can see all, I mean, man, you can, you have got a view. But Elisha was so familiar with her. If you read this story, it's awesome. He looked and he saw her coming and from way afar off, he said, that's the Shunammite woman. Boy, he knew her well. He said, that's the Shunammite woman. So he sent his servant, Gehazi. He said, go and meet her and find out if everything is all right. So Gehazi runs down to her. And he says, is, all, is everything okay with your son? With your? She said, it is well. I want you to say with me today, it is well. It is well. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Most of you know the man that wrote that song was a successful businessman in Chicago in the 1800s. He lost just about everything he had in the great fire of Chicago. Many of you remember it in history. He was invested heavily in real estate. And when the fire spread, he lost most of his holdings. But he also was a, a, a tremendous believer. And so he decided he was going to go to uh, to uh, uh, another country to uh, in, in get involved in ministry there. And he had to stay and try to close up some of the business things that, are, that were there, loose ends. He sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship ahead of him. The ship collided with another ship and sunk. And of course, during those days, it took a long time to get word back. And he got word from his wife and it simply said this, saved alone. She survived. The four daughters did not. A little while later, he got on a ship. And as he got to the place where the captain said, this is the general area where the ship went down with your four daughters. He wrote those words I just sang to you. But that's not the end of the story. He and his wife had other children. They ended up going to Jerusalem and establishing a ministry in Jerusalem, winning Muslims and Jews to Jesus. All right. It is well, she said. And so the servant goes back and tells Elijah, it is well. And Elisha, it is well. And he says, no, something's troubling her. And so she keeps coming. She was relentless. 
Her faith was relentless. She comes before Elisha. And again, she says, it is well. And he said, well, what's going on? And of course, she begins to tell him the story. She falls down at his feet. And of course, he sends his servant. And his servant goes and and puts the staff on the young man. And nothing happens. But then Elisha himself comes because she has sown a seed. And that seed is about to produce a harvest. Elisha comes to her house. He stretches himself. He goes in and prays. And then he goes back in again. And about the third time, finally, he literally lays himself out, stretches himself out, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, face to face upon the boy. And the boy begins to warm up. Life begins to come back into him. And Elisha raises her son from the dead. Somebody say seed. Seed. Time. Time. Harvest. Oh, my, 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 my. And I know, listen, I've got to deal with an aspect of faith today. You know, a lot of people, and this sounds so, this sounds so holy and pious and, and so religious that, that if you aren't careful, you'll, you'll, you'll miss the truth here. A lot of people, well, you know, I'm just about, I just love God and I just give, but I don't expect anything in return. Now, that on the surface, that can sound, that can sound really deeply religious. How awesome. You know, but let me, let me, let me point out something to you here about two aspects of faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Everybody say honor, honor and faith. faith. Now, I want to point out an aspect of faith here that's very important. It's not in your notes. But turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Of course, we know the first part of this verse because it says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please Him. God's a faith God. He wants us to walk in faith. But a lot of us miss the last part of that verse. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, here's number one, here's the first aspect of faith. He who comes to God must believe that he is. The first aspect of, of faith is I believe in God. I believe in a supernatural God. I believe in Jehovah God. I believe in the God who is El Shaddai. I believe in the God who is Jehovah Jireh. I believe in God. It is a belief in God. But here's the second aspect of faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And then number two, what? God not only is, but God is a rewarder. And for you to say, oh, I just believe in God and, you know, he's that and I'm not going to worry about all of that. You are only halfway in your aspect of faith. Faith not only believes God is, but faith believes God is a rewarder. How many, how many ways can I say this? It's more, faith is believing in more than just the existence of God. Hey. Even the demons believe. That. Not just that he isn't in his existence, but that he is a rewarder. Watch this. It's his nature. 
God's nature is to give. God's nature is to reward. God's nature is to bless. God is a good daddy. God is a loving father. God cares about his kids. And God wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. Somebody say, God is a rewarder. That he's a rewarder. Watch this. It's a part of faith. It's connected to God's nature as a rewarder. And it's how God thinks. Did you hear what I said? It is how God thinks. It's who He is. Not just the fact that He is, but that He is a rewarder. Let me show it to you again. Let me show it to you again real quickly. Look at, uh, at chapter 11, verses 24 through 26, and you'll see this. In, watch this. In the life of Moses. All right. Chapter 11, verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He made a a choice. I'm not going to do it the world's way. I'm going to do it God's way. Not just because he believed in God, but because he also knew that God was a rewarder. Watch what it says right here. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to what? The reward. I want you to say, God God is my my rewarder. rewarder. He's good to me. Oh, come on. Everybody didn't say it. He's good to me. And he's not finished yet. And folks, this is important. This is important because I tell you this. This woman kept her eyes. She kept her eyes on the anointing. She kept her eyes on the presence of God. Whatever you focus on and whatever you look at increases. Whatever you focus on and whatever you look at will increase in your life. For instance, follow me here. When Peter looked at Jesus, he walked on the water. When he looked at the waves he sank ask your neighbor what you looking at today (laughs) oh you know what the scripture says looking unto Jesus the author watch this and the finisher the author and the rewarder of our faith I'm telling you God is a rewarder as we look unto Jesus he is the author the finisher and the rewarder of our faith somebody ought to give God a shout hallelujah yeah oh glory to God we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus because whatever you feast your eyes on increases in influence Somebody said, seeing is believing. Well, I tell you what, it is believing when I'm looking at what the Word says. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, seeing is believing. When I'm looking at Jesus, seeing is believing. Somebody say, I believe. believe. So not only did she walk in honor, not only did she walk in faith, faith not only believes that 
that God is, but that God is also a rewarder. You need to, you need to, to believe that today. And listen, out of the ashes of this woman's life, beauty was birthed. Somebody needs that today. I am prophesying over somebody in here today. Out of your ashes, God will bring beauty. Out of the pain, God will birth gain. Out of the destruction, God will birth instruction. I want you to make a declaration with me today. God God is not finished finished with this situation yet. But sometimes you got to keep your eyes on Jesus and you got to say, man of God, it is well. It is well. It is well. Don't use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to change your situation. Amen. (laughs) I love it when people preaching back at me. Hallelujah. But you know what? That's not the end of the story. If you jump jump over to chapter 8, 2 Kings, jump over to chapter 8, and you'll find out that after Elijah, Elisha had, had raised this woman's son from the dead, he then began to prophesy to her. I'm telling you, this seed this woman sowed in faith. This connection, this divine connection she made changed everything. And it, it multiplied over and over and over again. So not only does her son get raised from the dead, but then Elisha says, look, God is getting ready to release seven years of famine. So I'm telling you right now, go somewhere else. And so listen, she buy, of course, if somebody comes into your house, stretches out on your dead son, and raises him from the dead, how many of you think you'll listen? Yeah. yeah. I promise you. <laughs> he, uh, she, she was listening to what, what this man of God said. And so he said, I tell you what, you're getting ready to have seven years of famine. You better get out now. So she obeys, and they leave. And obviously her husband was willing to... to uh, There it is in 2 Kings chapter 8. Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life saying, Arise and go, you and your husband, and you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore it will come upon the land for seven years. So for seven years they dwell somewhere else. We don't know a lot of the details about it, but here is something that is extremely, extremely important that happens. Seven years later, after the famine is over, she comes back to the land. Well, when she comes back to the land, everything they have owned is gone. Once again, she's lost everything. Somebody else has taken the land. Somebody else has taken possession of it. And they have struggled for seven years and now they're back in the place. Now what are they going to do? You can read all this in 2 Kings 8. She goes to the king. And as she's going to the king to make an appeal to try to get back what she lost, it just so happens that Elisha's servant, Gehazi's there. Somebody say, just so happened. 
My brother, I'm going to tell you something. Your life is going to be filled with just so happens. I am seeing, I am seeing, I am seeing it on you. People are going to look at you and say, man, I want some of that. Just so happens. It just so happened that Gehazi was there. And Gehazi is before the king. And watch this. When you're as powerful as Elisha is, the king wants to know what's going on. He said, tell me, what's Elisha been up to? (laughs) And he said, well, I tell you this. He prophesied to a Shunammite woman and she had a baby, a boy. But not only did she prophesy to him, the boy died and Elisha raised him from the dead. And as he's testifying before the king about what Elisha did, the Shunammite woman walks in. Somebody say God's timing. When I sow a seed in faith, when I begin to declare and honor and I begin to walk in the things of God and I keep my eyes focused on Jesus and I begin to look unto him, things will begin to happen in God's timing, in God's providence, in God's provision that there is no way on the world, in the, in the earth that I could ever make happen myself. She walks in and as Gehazi is telling it to the king, he said, well, king, there she is. And the king says, why, well, why are you here? She tells her story. I've lost all that I had. I've been away. And I, when I came back, everything was taken. You talk about timing. That king could have invited Elisha's servant to the audience with him any time during that. Why did it happen right when that woman turned up to appeal to him? We don't know all the answers, but we do know this. We can trust God with our timing, with timing in our lives. And it will happen according to his timing. Your life is not an accident. But you have got to read 2 Kings 8 verse 6. Our God is a restoring redeeming God. Our God is a rewarding God. Oh, I hope you're getting a hold of this today. Faith is not just believing God is, it's believing God is a rewarder. Because the king said, I'll tell you what, you give her back everything she lost. But that's not all. He said, everything she lost during the seven years, don't just give her the land back and have her to start over. Give her back everything she lost during that entire seven-year period. Restore it to her. I tell you, it is time for us to stop limiting God in our lives. Restore all that was hers. All the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. You know, I I don't know, some of you probably were not able to hear the testimony last week in in the service. Powerful, powerful testimony. We had somebody, of course, we had a bunch of them. But we had a couple stand up and say, you know, God just blessed us with a house. We've been believing God. Literally stood up right here and said, God blessed us sitting right back there. I don't know if they're here today. They may be out of town. They stood up. They may be just enjoying that new house. I don't know. 
Hallelujah. I am so excited for them. They stood up and said, man, God, you know, after all these years and, and after the service, they said, you don't know how many times we were tempted to try to figure it out how to do it ourselves, but God's timing is perfect. And now they got a house. Get, bless them with a house, man. Bigger house, nicer house. It made me, I, thought, I heard a story about a older lady and she'd gotten way up in her 80s and, and you know, she was, she had three, three, three sons and and they were they wanted to bless their mama, so one of them bought her a house, and another one bought her a car. And she was really, really hard of hearing now; she couldn't hear well any, anymore. And so one of them, so they knew she loved the Bible. They bought her a, a parrot that could that could that could say the entire Bible. Why y'all laughing? So a little bit later on, she was talking to her kids, and she said, well, I tell you, I appreciate the house, but it's too big. And she told the other one, I appreciate the car, but it's too small. She said, but now, son, I know what you gave me was small in comparison, but I just want you to know that's one of the best gifts anybody ever gave me. I am so grateful. That is the best chicken I ever tasted. Hallelujah. God's a restoring God. We had testimonies last week. I'm telling you, folks, these these are things that only God can do. God's timing. And I am prophesying over you today that God is going to put you in a place to bless you right now with happenings at the right place, at the right time. I am prophesying over you just so happened. You read the scripture and it says, and it happened that as she was there, Gehazi was there. As Gehazi was there, she was there. It is time for supernatural. Just so happened. You must have been the right place. It must have been the right time for God to show his favor. Somebody say favor. People start saying, you must have been born with a horseshoe in your pocket. You must have a four-leaf clover in your pocket. It don't have anything to do with luck. I'm going to tell you, it has nothing to do with luck. It has everything to do with Almighty God. Whoa, yeah! Oh, it's not just believing. It's not just believing God is. It's believing God is also a rewarder. Man, he restored it all. Now, faith doesn't, favor doesn't just look for a need. Favor looks for a seed. There are a lot of needs out there, but I tell you what, favor is looking for that seed that was sown in faith, keeping our eyes on God. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I felt, as we close this out, I felt a sense this morning of wanting to pray and prophesy over you. And I believe this is what God is saying, that you are about to and we are about to enter between now and the end of the year and right after the first of the year. I just have a sense in my heart that we're getting ready to enter a season of extraordinary breakthrough. Amen. 
Man, I just, as I was, as I was, cult, as this thing was just stirring up on the inside of me. And here's the thing. Man, last week I was able to share testimony with you. Everybody believes that, that everything that's said is it's all great, but it's always for somebody else. No, it's for you. Yes. It's not just for somebody else. It's for you. This woman was, here, here she was living in a place where she could have let life pass her by. She could have been satisfied without a son. She could, have, she could have not uh, uh, gone after uh, uh, sowing a seed into this man, into this ministry. But she desired the presence of God. And because she desired the presence of God and she recognized the anointing of God, she took that extra step. And then God began, watch this, God prophetically began to stir in her that desire to go farther than she had been. What is it that you have need of? And she was like, well, I don't really know. I'm doing pretty good. And the servant had to say, well, she doesn't have a son. And so Elisha says, well, you're going to have one. God began to stretch her because God not only is, he's a rewarder and he wants to, listen, draw us out. He wants to pull us out beyond our previous boundaries, beyond our previous limitations, beyond that place of lack to a place of divine favor. I want you to say with me today, I want you to declare it and mean it. This is my season, season of divine favor. There is no way in the natural you could have ever planned the events that happened in this woman's life. There's no way in the natural you're going to be able to plan the events that are going to happen in your life. Happen in your shop, happen on your job, happen in your family, happen in your bank account. I'm telling you, we are entering a season of exceptional, supernatural, Holy Ghost birthed, extraordinary breakthrough. Somebody say extraordinary breakthrough. Where a right now invasion of God breaks into the realms of every area of your life. I'm talking about in your business, in our community. I am speaking over Mobile. In Jesus' name, Mobile, prosper, even as your soul prospers. May this community prosper spiritually. May there be revival burning in this city. May churches be on fire with the Word of God. I pray for every pastor, every leader. I pray that Mobile will come into a supernatural season of divine breakthrough. That that sign that we have right up here at one of the busiest intersections in this state will continue to declare, Mobile, God is for you. Our community is blessed. I say we love one another. That we walk in grace toward, toward one another. That the love of God abounds toward us, that we honor each other in this community, and that we esteem each other highly. Mobile, I prophesy to you a season of extraordinary breakthrough. I prophesy to you, Mobile, new businesses. Bless businesses, jobs, increase, people coming into this area, and then churches being raised up that will point them unto Jesus. A time of extraordinary breakthrough in your business, in your community, in your relationships. I'm talking about your children coming back, your children returning to relationship with God. Begin to see it. Begin to keep your eye. Don't look at the waves in their lives. Look at the seed of God in their lives. Look at the seed that you've sown in their lives. Don't look at those waves. 
in your health. In Jesus' name, I declare that cancer has no place and no power in this house. We believe that cancer is driven out of this house, driven out of our bodies, driven out of our families, driven out in Jesus' name. A season where we see the supernatural favor of Almighty God. Not only that, but in your finances. A season where you supernaturally get out of debt. Well, two or three, seven or eight, believe it. Supernaturally get out of debt. I said supernaturally get out of debt. Supernaturally get out of wheelchairs. Supernaturally rise up and walk in Jesus' name. A God of restoration. You know, not long ago, we got a lot of things in here we need to do. And I tell you what, I got, I had to deal with some things in my life because I found out before we could even do anything. I didn't even plan on saying this, David. I'm just going to put it out there. I didn't even plan on saying this. Before I found out, before we could do anything in here, that by law, we're going to be required to put in a sprinkler system. $100,000. Hallelujah. Or somewhere in that vicinity, Eddie. I don't know. I'm just rounding it off. And I, boy, boy, the first, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, how I love the city of Mobile and the county. And, but hey, you know what? That's, I understand there's reasons for that. We have people's lives at stake. We have our, our first responders. They have to deal with that. I mean, there's, there's reasons for that. And so I dealt with it. And not long ago, I was sitting in a meeting and we were doing so I can't remember, but, you know, I suddenly began to realize, Lord, my God, we need $300,000 to do, do what we need to do in here. But then all of a sudden, you know what I realized? This is not my building. This is God's building. That's not my problem. These chairs don't belong to me. This property don't belong to me. This is ministry property. It belongs to God. All of this is God's. So I say, well, I tell you what, God, you got a $300,000 problem, but I got a revelation for you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to run off. I, Lord, I'll, Lord, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to hang with you. See how I, I tell you what, I'm going to stick with it, God. Hey, let me tell you, a season of divine breakthrough. We're God. Amen. And I tell you what, just begin to realize a lot of times the things in our lives, man, they're not really ours. They belong to him. We just got, we just got to realize who our partner is. Man, I tell you what, thank you, Jesus. God's going to take care of it. I said, God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. He's a faithful God to where we not only see cancers healed and driven out and it has no reign and rule in this house, but literally where your finances and people begin to stand up and testify, I got out of debt this week. I got out of debt last month. I don't know anybody anything but to love them. Where they are totally, completely free. I believe this is a season where God's extraordinary, extraordinary breakthrough is going to begin to manifest in our lives. Where we will begin to confess God's favor over your life and literally where the time of seed time and harvest, where that time season is shortened supernaturally by the grace and power of Almighty God.
where you literally just pray prayers and you begin to watch them manifest faster than you've ever seen before. How many of you are believing with me for a season of that? Father, I pray over every person in this house today that every chain restricting them be broken. Every bondage, every weight containing them is lifted and moved and destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. Our God is the, is the God who sets us free, who breaks the chains, who lifts the burdens, who carries us. Every yoke of bondage be destroyed in Jesus' name off of every person in this house. Now, not only that, Father, I tell you what, some of you need doors of favor to open. I want you to stand up right now. I'm just sensing this right now. You need doors of favor to open. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This woman could have, could have, have, have allowed her life to be a reflection of hurt and pain. Here she is without a child, without a son, a woman living during times when it was not easy to be a woman. And all of those things could have caused her to say, you know what, I guess this is as good as life's going to get. But she stepped out in honor. She stepped out in faith. And then God manifested his favor in her life. Stop limiting what God can do in your life by unbelief. It can happen for you. And I am prophesying it will happen for you. Doors of great favor. (laughs) I'm talking about people going to want whatever, the the gifting that you have, people want it. They want to be connected with you. They want to be around you. They want what God has given you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, just begin to receive. I pray and I confess over every person that's standing right now that, Lord, you are going to open new doors. In many cases, just like this woman, doors that were not even necessarily anticipated. God, I thank you those doors are going to open. And I thank you, Father, that you are making a way where there is no way, that new opportunities are being released, that divine favor is causing things to happen out there in our future that we haven't even seen yet. Thank you, mighty King of glory right now. Father, we are believing between now and even even through the end of December and on into by, Father, I am just sensing in my spirit by literally by January the 31st, over these next three months, that we're going to see the supernatural favor and hand of God revealed like never before. God, you're going to open up doors of opportunity. You're going to open up doors that are going to allow us to step out beyond where we were previously. I'm telling you, the waters are stirring. The Spirit of God is moving. The anointing of God is being released. Father, I declare supernatural, superabundant favor over families that are standing and people that are standing right now. I declare over you, in Jesus' name, debt free. Now, Father, I know some people are in their doubt. I felt that doubt come back. I felt some doubt come back. But you don't know how big it is. I know how big God is. Stop looking at the waves and start looking unto Jesus. Father, I release an anointing in this house to prosper 
and to be blessed and to know that, God, you are a rewarder. We trust you. We believe you. We're not going to be bound and we're not, listen, we will no longer, none of us, regardless of our background, will we be held back by prejudice anymore. We will declare our God is for us, therefore who can be against us? Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And so I declare to every enemy of our soul, every enemy of our future, every enemy of our destiny, every enemy of our business, I declare you are scattered in Jesus' name. You cannot stand before the awesome hand and the anointing of Almighty God, the King of glory. We thank you, we praise you, we bless you, and we worship you now, Father, in anticipation. In anticipation, Lord of all that you are doing. We give you thanks and praise. You know, there's a prophetic word and I have no idea why it's even posted on that monitor back there on that wall. See what it says? Extra. not just the God I'm barely getting by. Oh my God, I'm telling you. I don't know why that word came up there, but there it is. It says extra. Ruth, she was out begging. And I tell you what, somebody saw her in the field. Listen, listen. He saw her in the field and he instructed his workers. Watch this. God, I'm about to run. (laughs) He said, leave extra handfuls on purpose. I am prophesying over you. God's going to put you in places where people are leaving extra handfuls on purpose. newspapers. They would stand on the corners. you stay sensitive to the voice of God. Listen, this woman changed her entire life, her family's life. Watch this. And she changed others' lives. You know why? I know, knowing people like I know people, you need to to hear this. I hope it's on the podcast. Favor comes to us so that the world can see 
a demonstration of the goodness of God. Not, not to, to make me look like somebody or us look like somebody. I'm telling you, favor comes to our lives so that we can testify to the goodness of Almighty God. So that we can let others know, look what the Lord has done. Look at how good God has been. God is a good God. And I tell you, I, I, am, I am prophesying and praying over you right now that you literally are going to be overwhelmed with the goodness of God. Linda, you're going to get the biggest tips of everybody. People are going to be drawn to you. That lady works in, she works in a restaurant. I'm going to tell you, people are going to be drawn to you, and they're going to, they're going to live $100 bills for you. I mean, you, I'm telling you, handfuls on purpose. I think I just had a new message, message burst. Extra, extra, read all about it. Handfuls on purpose. That is a word from God supernaturally birthed literally in the moment. And so, yes, ma'am. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me get this mic. All right. You know that we have disciples in the two countries, two of the countries that have Ebola, Sierra Leone and Liberia. So I met with someone yesterday who was going to give me an offering for for the countries. So when I was meeting with them, when they when I got to leave, they said we're going they're going I'm going to do I'm going to do something else. And I got home, it was seven thousand dollars. You see you guys Wednesday night. Extra, extra is on your way. Praise the Lord. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.